Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode two of the Geekscape Book Club. I am Christian Blatt, Dr. Blatt, if you will, joined by the one, the only, the Michael Shirley. What an introduction. Who, if you're lucky, he can conjure movie spoilers right into your text inbox. And also with us, as always, is the one, the only, Kate of the Weird, Kate Cornell. And with us for this installment is our friend Eric Connor. Eric, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. The <laughs> Geekscapists out there. Uh, now, the four of us regularly do a show on my YouTube channel called Marvel Movie Talk. And interestingly, we're going to spend most of this next hour talking about a Marvel book. So it's going to feel an awful lot like that show. Uh, but... Uh, there's just you know one or two people in the chat that won't be here and uh, it might make this more pleasant but I'm very excited to talk about a book that I had never read before that is the idea of the Geeks Cake Book Club we're all reading something that we've never read before this week I hope people had a chance to read Doctor Strange Way the Way of the Weird uh, which I have a a, a actual physical uh, trade paperback just like old time. Sorry that I hit my microphone. Very unprofessional. Um, and uh, excited to talk about this. I will give the little bit of background in that. I have read a lot of Doctor Strange comics over the years, but Doctor Strange was never a favorite. And the my peak Doctor Strange memory was at a point when he was relegated to sharing a monthly book with Cloak and Dagger. They each got <laughs> half of a book. So they each got 11 pages every month instead of having their own solo books that came out every other month. They're like, well, let's just uh, let's just try and get people to buy one book every month. And I I was buying both of them, so it did save me like a dollar. Was so that thank Strange you, Tales? Well, it was uh, it was Strange Tales. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. yeah. And uh, uh, but and uh, look at this already here in the chat. Larry Potter. I'm not a people, but an alien. Hello, people. Thank you, Larry, for visiting us from wherever you may be. And uh, But it has been a very long time since I had read a, a Doctor Strange story. I will tell you right now, I have not read a Doctor Strange story in this century up until this. Uh, within the uh, the 21st century. It was. It is probably about... 25 years since I'd read one. So uh, I enjoyed reading. Uh, now, I have read other Jason Aaron work, but uh, mm -hmm. this is the first time I had uh, visited his take on Stephen Strange. And I really liked the story. And I will talk a little bit more about it. 
I enjoyed it so much that I went on and read the next arc, which this really doesn't end this arc. It sets up the next one. And I even went, I read the first 12 issues basically of this 2015 Doctor Strange because I wanted to see where it was going. And I'll tell you, after the show, I might not even stop. Um, but uh, I, I found this to be an interesting take on Doctor Strange. I thought it was funnier than he usually was in the comics. It's very in line with the MCU sort of approach towards telling these stories. You know, the little little dots of humor along the way. And I also loved how much it was so representative of the MCU, not the MCU, but the actual Marvel published universe, because Michael Shirley, whatever you think of this story, you got to see Ileana Rasputin magic and you got to see Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. So no, no matter what you thought about it, the, at least you got to visit with a couple of your favorite girls, right? Yeah, I did like to see sprinkled throughout for a few characters. That was fun. Yeah, and and so at some point, Brother Voodoo became Doctor Voodoo, which is fine. I just didn't realize he was he had uh, gone to Voodoo Medical School, but uh, it was nice to see Voodoo, as it were. Um, but let's just kind of go around and we'll talk big picture. Uh, I I want to ask you, Michael. I know that you liked the inclusion in there. You had a problem. We've talked a little bit about it. You had the same problem with this story that I did. Uh, it was you couldn't get past it. But uh, what did you think? Let's start with the writing overall. The storytelling. This tale of Doctor Strange. This strange tale, if you will. I I enjoyed this story mm-hmm. more as it went on. I'll say that. And by the end of it. I did think for a second when I was on the very last page and I was like, what is that? I was like, maybe. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do number six. But uh, I like this story pretty well. I have a lot of problem with the art, which I'm sure we'll go into later. But uh, the thing, I guess, I felt a little bit of a disconnect between the typical Doctor Strange you read in the comic books, the way he like is and acts, and the way he is in the MCU, and then we have this kind of version. Right. It's just a little bit more self-indulgent, or I kind of feel like it's like a weird version of Sex in the City. <laughs> He's just like explaining everything to me, and I kind of hate that out of a narrator that's one of my big problems with Dexter, my main problem with Sex in the City, like any of these shows. Like I hate when a narrator kind of makes me feel like I'm so dumb. They have to like tell me every last detail. And but... just like that, all the magic was gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm, glad you, I'm you know, glad you laughed at that. But with the oh, way that there are so many. Oh, is that like a Sex in the City reference? Okay. It, it, no, it's an just like that reference. It's a deeper track. It works yeah, on yeah. two well, no, levels. And just like that comes at. Yeah. And, oh. And, and, and just like that, Michael got interrupted. No, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, but I think that that was probably the best way I can sum it all up. Uh, I, I think with the way he uses words and all these places we don't know and all these like relics we don't know, Yeah, it kind of leans in more to being a little more vocal as a narrator. So I thought they kind of got away with it, but typically I don't love that. 
right no i do understand what you're saying and uh i think it, it this book consistently seems that it's narrated by steven so i think it works what i am always jarred by is when a standalone issue for some reason is narrated by a character that like that's happened in like x-men and like all of a sudden like wolverine's telling us the story and i'm like well this isn't what we usually get right. you know uh so i i think one of my favorite x-men stories is uncanny x-men 205 the lone wolf where he's in the snow and he doesn't remember anything i think believe he narrates that and like that's the one time where it works like typically i don't like that device uh kate what did you think of the story of uh the way of the weird so we had a, a podcast a couple weeks ago and I was with, with Michael a little bit. I was like, I cannot get this. is, And I, I like convoluted stuff. You know me. I had a lot of, I had a lot of trouble getting through the first couple of like, like 20 or so pages. It was just like, and maybe because like the first few pages started off with that, like the, the, the narration was up front, but there was still stuff going on in the back that, that like weird, like, like fuzzy thing that happens where there was still like dialogue that was like faded out, but the, the narration was more prominent. I don't know. You if didn't I know you were right. going to be watching a story within a story. Do you like, mean, do you mean in the beginning, <laughs> do you mean in the beginning where oh, it was like the flashback? Like, yeah, it was, it was like, the it was actual one. panels. Those were like yeah. actual Steve Ditko panels. I actually thought that that yeah. was a cool visual. I'd never seen that before. I was like, Kate was trying that? to read every word. She couldn't. <laughs> That's true. You probably yeah. got frustrated. <laughs> She's like, I was like, fuck this, fuck. Oh, <laughs> like, and then he's like above the kid. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. There's so much happening. Um, and then he walked into the bar with no doors. And I'm like, all right, I'm back with you now. Thanks. Like, we all need a drink after that. We, we all need the bar with no doors. I agree. We all need the bar um, with no doors. I, I love that. I, I don't know if it was introduced in this. I'm not that up on strange. So anybody who would like to tell me in the chat, whether you're watching live or the archive, please uh, let us know. Well, uh, but uh, I, Go ahead. I can tell you it doesn't stop because it it's doesn't. in the latest issue of Doctor Strange that's been rebooted. Oh great! What, uh, Legacy four seventeen. Legacy, Legacy four seventeen. But it's a is I, it a new number one? Sorry, Kate. It's yeah, a it's the one with. Is that the yeah. one that you just sent me? Yeah, cover? we'll talk yeah. about it later. Okay, but it's we'll talk about new, it later. Uh, Doctor Strange, where Clea is Doctor yeah. Strange. Oh, uh, cool. what were you saying, Kate? No, I was just about the story. It was I enjoyed overall this idea that there were certain aspects of Doctor Strange that are kind of a little bit antiquated, and there's a lot of ways to like take magic in a comic book universe not in, just in a doctor strange universe um but that there's this like the way we see the world is normal but the way he sees the world is different like he sees all of these invisible things and it felt like he, they were turning magic like the, what jason what aaron was doing was he was kind of attacking or reimagining what we think as magic like that like we don't think magic will ever run out and that magic is intangible and unattained and like it's something over there. But what it he's trying to say in the story is that magic is tangible and it's finite. And this idea that like, if you, it, the, the cosmic balance of things with the living tribunal, it's like, they don't, they, they just care that like, they just care that the balance is kept and like what happens when a superhero messes with the balance of things. Um, and then it puts, it puts an entire idea or an entire way of, of, dealing with the world um at risk 
So well, I, I I liked the kind of high concept that was happening here, and that's how I could get into the 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 convoluted story is when they started bringing in like when the woman comes in with the demons in her head. That's when I got into it. Zelda Stanton from the Bronx is that yeah. who you're referring to? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy. I, I like any time that they <laughs> have. You know, your best TV pilots, it's usually somebody's first day on the job. And it's so that we as the right. viewer can kind of relate to them. So she was sort of like our way into Doctor Strange, which I thought was interesting because. I yeah, but she didn't come in for a bit. She can. No, it's a true. Hot minute. I was just until that hot minute came. I'm like, <laughs> Doctor Strange is doing a lot of explaining. And it's like it's for me, it was like being on a date where the other guy likes the sound of his own voice more than mine yeah and that's I would really assume, irritating when you're on I, a date. I would assume that that's what a date with Stephen strange Wait, would be like women don't women don't like that kate no we don't. no you're oh. apparently your wife and my wife are the only two that do so we locked or they're or they're hearing it's just really gone no so just that's... just the first date after the first date and you reel them back oh, in I've for been the second on one for then you can go yeah. off on oh know. yeah yeah uh yeah, 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 already yeah. numbed to, yeah. to what your point was, Kate, I really like that we got to see these repercussions in a way that it's it felt like cinematic where it was just like we're going to visit for a second with all these other people like the, you know, the couple that found the genie's lamp and they imprisoned all the, the natives. And then when the magic was gone, well, clearly they got eaten by the natives. Um, <laughs> my favorite panel in the whole series might be when Aladdin and Jasmine fall off of the magic carpet because there's no magic in it anymore. That might've been my, this is, that was probably my favorite thing in there because I'm like, yeah, I guess that would happen. That would just, happen. The, just the idea that all the magic ran A out. Whole and, new world. Yeah. And you know, speaking of magic running, running out, uh, Eric, what were your <laughs> thoughts? <on> wow. <laughs> I know, I know wow, people watching the show, point. watching and listening to the show don't necessarily know how well we all know each other, but uh, we yeah. talk for a lot of hours uh, <laughs> over on Marvel Movie Talk on the Blackcast YouTube channel. But uh, Eric, what were your thoughts just sort of overall? And uh, I know you sent me some images and we'll scroll through them, but uh, just to give us a big picture at first. Real images, not no, nothing. Oh, yeah, just actual grabs grab. from the comic book. I know <laughs> this isn't his usual Photoshop work. Not at all. No, I kept it pure. And also... I did read it on my uh, iPad, so I'm, uh, you know, I, I felt like the young kid here. I'm like, oh my god, I can read comics digitally and just do this, and then I'm confused. How do I zoom in? How do I zoom out? But it was actually pretty cool reading it on um, Comicsology because there, like that moment you described, Kate, where she had that thing coming out of her head. Yeah, was kind of awesome. It, it zooms. It, it's like starts in and then pulls out to yeah. reveal all that creature stuff. And I literally went, whoa. Like, I actually said that out loud. Mm -hmm. And my kids were like, what's going on? And I'm like, stay away from me, you COVID-laden bastards. Go back in your termite tent, boys. Yeah, they're about to say, <laughs> away with you to the netherworld. Um, I, you know, I really enjoyed this. And I, I am curious. It's funny. It's like when you read a graphic novel that's a, a compendium of multiple issues, it is kind of like binging a TV show. So it's like, yeah. instead of waiting to see where it goes, because I'm, I'm curious if, if I just went to, you know, the comic store and I grabbed this first issue in the series, I don't know if I would have gotten that second issue, but the fact that it was all kind of bound together, it was like, okay, well, I know it's kind of part of a bigger arc and I'm so glad, like I stuck with it and I kept going and like yourself, Christian, I'm definitely going to keep reading where the story goes because I thought it was like a terrific 
entry point. I, I realized even many, many years ago when I collected comics, I didn't read that much Doctor Strange, usually only when he showed up in some other title. And so for me, this this may be the first time I actually read like a Doctor Strange comic, like yourself, Christian, since like the 1900s, if you remember those years. And no, I mean, you know, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the only two on the show who remember the 1900s. So, you know, we'll, right. you, we'll, t- we'll tell the rest of them about it later. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Kate? <laughs> no, my question to, to Eric and anybody is, do you think that that was why it was important for, for Jason Aaron to put all of the magic users in one place, as opposed to like, they're mostly like supplementary characters, you know, with, with maybe the exception of, of, of Scarlet Witch with, with House of M. But like, they're all kind of like supplements to a bigger story. And do you think that that was, it was important to be like, no, these cats like hang out and like they, they, they are now the central part of the central story that involves how they, they fight together. Uh, do you think that that was an, an important factor for the writers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think because you needed a sense of the depth of this thing, like part of it is you introduce characters right. who like, you're going to take away from us too. So the one I was a huge fan of, and I apologies if I'm mispronouncing his name, but Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. Monaco. I, I did Monaco. I did like Monaco. Yeah. Oh my god. The Monaco Prince is magic. Yeah, and he's well, like a he's like a two dollar drunk. He has a large bar tab. He hates everyone young. And then well, you find out he was also a Nazi hunter. I'm like, I could sign up for every box of this game. Yeah. Well, and also I would just Michael, get a whole show of him. Michael, yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like what you probably liked about Monaco is the fact that uh, when he went home every night, he felt like he had to drown a rabbit. Well, there's always a price. And yeah, I mean, I, price but the, 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 you know, sort of, I, that, I kind of latched onto that because it seemed interesting. But what he said, I mean, it's like, yeah, like using magic all the time. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it's something that's been dealt with, with, uh, with Ileana Rasputin with magic herself yeah. multiple times like you know each time she went into limbo it was she lost a little bit more of herself things like right. that you know and and to just have this idea that there's the toll and the toll it takes on him and just like what Wong needs to feed him so that you know because he can't that. eat regular food I had never considered any of that I hope yeah. in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Benedict He's Cumberbatch fine. has a big bowl of slugs or something, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is what you got to eat, you know? Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite details of, yeah. like, the havoc it wreaks over his body. And that, like, yeah. his, body, his, his body can't, like, digest real food and he has to eat, like, this, like, cosmic gunk. It was like yeah, a because, vampire kind of thing, you know, where, yeah, in essence, right, like, absolutely. you know, and, and I think that's one thing they did really well here, the world building, the rules, you know, that's, and I understand like, you know, when he over explains things, it could feel a little, a little too carry Bradshaw for some of us, but, but I think it's important. And, and those kind of details about the food, about a soul for a soul, I thought that was actually mm-hmm. really, that was all stuff that's fascinating and quite dramatic. Like, it's not just like, you know, uh, window dressing, but rather it's something that's really kind of important. And it talks about what it means to be strange, what it means to kind of walk in right. his shoes, live his life. And, you know, and you realize like it's torturous. And and that's not something I really I mean, obviously, the first, you know, the, the, the birth of strange came from pain. The first movie wasn't afraid to go there. But the idea that every day for him is torturous. 
in a yeah. way like Wolverine's. He loves it Chris. though. Th that panel where it's it. one of the first panels where he's like, like I love what I do or something like that. It's like that yeah. first like two sided panel. Like you could tell he really loves it, and then you get the cost of it right after. Yeah, and and like and how much it takes a toll. And I think this whole the whole theme of it was, you know, we think that magic, especially coming out of I think this was 2015. So this is like after yes. Harry Potter and stuff like that. And this was the idea of like magic can just fix things, which, by the way, that's another one of those great moments that without magic, you see poor little Harry Potter sitting there holding a wand that's not going to do anything for him. <laughs> I was just like, like, oh, man, they really got it. They got everybody. You know, they got everybody. The, the only magic user that was missing was uh, Mumford, the magician from Sesame Street, who would, yeah. of course, cast spells with a la peanut butter jelly sandwiches. But uh, <laughs> I'll allow that not being in there because I think it might have been a step too far. Uh, there, there was a lot of great stuff in here and yeah. just sort of dealing with, you know, there's a, there's references to the ancient one there. You get a little bit more of the ancient one in, in the later issues. Uh, but I think that, you know, this, this is a really good entry point for Dr. Strange because for me, it literally was, it's been so long. Yes. If you've seen the movie, you're going to be able to relate to a lot of it. Uh, but if you don't know the character at all, uh, I do agree with this idea that it it took a little while to get into. But I wonder um, if that's why it did take us a little bit like, oh, why does it feel like we have to explain it? Because yeah. we'd seen the movie. That's fair. But it's like, this is our version. This is for someone who is coming in without the explanation, without the movie, right. without knowing the like like they kind of have to redo it and maybe it's because we had seen the movie it's like oh why do you have to explain like yeah you had an accident i feel bad for you whatever <laughs> i don't <laughs> mind the backstory i dislike the like self-indulgence of like the, the actual text to hear themselves talk so you're talking about steven in particular yeah, yeah yeah no it's no. all him like yeah yeah no exactly and i think that's one of those characters that you're gonna have to spend that time yeah, with. Whereas, like, um, like when Peter Parker narrates a story, you're like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, you he's know? humble. Yeah, he's he's yeah. like, oh yeah, we love him. But like Stephen Strange is definitely a dick. Yeah, know? he's like my but power, to be the, my pain. To be the Sorcerer Supreme, I guess uh, you have to be a little bit. Was um, he too much of a Samantha? Is that what you're saying? And not yeah. enough. Of a I don't know why you're not being enough so of a Miranda. I, he's I don't so carry. No, Eric, I don't know why you're being such a Miranda this week. And really, I think you just <laughs> might have to check yourself for a little bit. Uh, let's go to our resident, Mr. Big. Michael, I wanted to know, uh, sort of go into the specifics. Now, you and I have an affinity in the past for, I don't want to say his name wrong, but uh, Chris Boccolo, maybe, or Boccolo. So he... I knew his artwork from Generation X, which, if you ask Michael, is one of the two greatest comic book series of all time up there with Excalibur. Uh, but, um, and I don't know, there's a, if you look at the credits, there's a team of inkers, and he's not paired up with, I think, anybody who does his artwork justice because it's, it's not pretty and it's very stylized. I think it looks okay on glossy paper. And I read some later issues on uh, Marvel Unlimited and it, it looked okay, but I, I didn't love the artwork. And a lot Not of times like you can hide half-ass storytelling if the artwork is good. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Image Comics was built on that. And uh, I don't feel like I'm going out on a ledge there on that. But 
the story was good, but that the artwork just stared me in the face. And that's the thing that I think I agreed with Michael the most. Talk a little bit about what it was like as you were going through this book. Uh, did you feel like there were moments or just consistently all the way through these five issues, you were just disappointed by what it looked like? It just had like this teenage grunge feel to it that I didn't feel like fit with the characters, the story. I loved the coloring and kind of the the general artwork of the backside, you know, of Manhattan, the part that everyone else didn't see, the parts that were partly colored, and it had kind of this Beetlejuice flair to it. But seeing, you know, the inside of the sanctum and it just felt too dark, too gritty, but also like it had this definite like pop feeling that his artwork has. And I just don't think of this as like a bubblegum jubilee, like generation teens, like, you know, like maybe I'm just so used to seeing that artwork that way. That yeah. I, don't I like mean, seeing it this way. I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the big stuff look good, like some of the monsters and uh, obviously the you know the the drones the robots and anything like that i thought it all looked fine i thought that the the human detail uh definitely left a lot of room yeah it was like sometimes you didn't have a mouth it seemed yeah. like it's like well i get it's, you can't draw everything without making yeah you know, it, it, it's like it's reminiscent of you know all the great artists who've drawn spider-man over the years when there are panels where they don't take the time to draw his draw the webs the stripes on his costume and it's just red that always annoys me i'm like come on i know i know you got a lot of pictures to draw but that's not what it looks like even like a and, little indentation yeah, part of just a little bit yeah uh, kate what do uh what do you think about the the artwork in this series and the way of the weird um i thought that the bigger panels were better than the more detailed panels. I thought when they had more space to actually let the art speak for itself, um, they did a lot better. And and not to not necessarily that they could put more detail in because there was bigger space. Sometimes it was bigger and it was just like the gesture of it. Um, I thought they did much better. Like, or even in like the, the mid range panels, like when Zelma first enters the sanctorum and the books are all floating. Um, yes. But his face, but like they put, took the time to make the books float, and like the the it looked beautiful in the back, but he just didn't look like the Sorcerer Supreme. Like I, I couldn't get over like sometimes he had that like he looked like Doctor Strange, and then sometimes he just like looked like Ren I don't know Stimpy, the, right? the dude at the bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. like these details are so cool. Like these little monsters are really really neat. Right, versus for, like people's faces and expressions and and sometimes you need those faces and expressions especially when you're about to enter something you really need to have a personal vendetta like person like like a personal connection to because i don't have magic so losing magic is not a big deal for me <laughs> wait a minute what why are you even on this show if you don't have any magic i i don't even understand <laughs> i thought that that was michael has question. all the magic oh, christian no. that's fair <laughs> That's no, there's fair. enough to go around. Uh, and uh, for our, our audio-only listeners, we're sharing some of the images right now. This was one that uh, Eric sent to us. The, these were basically the the head monsters uh, for Zelda Stanton. 
And uh, there were a few other things that uh, Eric sent. And this is a, a, oh, a it's sort beautiful. of. I hate I lo- how gross it is. It, no, yeah, it is definitely gross, but I, I really appreciated this. And then you look at it. And that's it, the one that just... zoomed in. This is, yeah, yeah this is the uh, stuff coming out of her head. I'm sorry, but yeah. um, uh, Christian, go ahead. No, no, I read, yeah, mm-hmm. I read issues six to 10 uh, on, as I said, on Marvel Limited. So they would zoom in on stuff. So, yeah, I can imagine that this yeah. would be really cool as they show that stuff to you. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny because I actually took a few notes while I was reading it. And you have a panel for one of the things that I wrote down because it was a joke I really liked, which was, of course, you have a bathhouse. Look at your mustache. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's and look, you, get a, you can get a Freddie Mercury vibe off of uh, Stephen Strange. That, look, that reminded me of Stefan uh, or Stephen with a V. You know when he falls off oh. the boat. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in you're talking about Stephen Grant. In, <laughs> yeah, in, in Moon Knight. In Moon Knight. In yeah. Moon Knight. Right. You yeah. guys will have to watch and, our other show to get that inside and, joke. And then this idea <laughs> that uh, he keeps his books in piles because Zelda Stanton's a librarian. Uh, and then yes, the fact oh, that uh, the the, the yeah. you know, sell, showing Doctor Strange. So uh, oh, and, and that last the, one too. It, well, also, I was just going to say that last the last panel. What went I like yep. to it was like a reference to the blob, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Like yeah, that's that, a great call. Because remember the blob attacked them in a movie, and we're talking the original blob, although I think they did it yeah. in the remake too, with um, the only Dylan worth his weight in anything, Kevin Dylan. Um, yeah. They basically like the not a diss to all Dylans, it. just no, I yeah. love Matt Dylan. Hold on, I, I, peace and love, peace and love. Yeah. And uh, beware the shrubbery. And uh, this was a really cool image. This idea of eating, the, uh, <laughs> you know. So in any case, yeah, I thought yeah. that uh, there was a, there. Look, there were some great visuals. I just thought reading panel by panel, I was just like, oh man, they could have done so much more. Yeah. I had to like rest a little bit every yeah. once in a while. Like I had to just like put it down and like process what I had just like seen. I almost yeah. wish they had had another artist do this magical side where oh, it was like, interesting. Yeah. you know that i felt like what so it really would look this, like i would have loved this art for the stuff that normal people couldn't see but oh, i would much rather point. have had another mm-hmm. artist doing the everyday that's so like cool way, michael what, what's like the cool way idea. the movie soul had two different composers one for the jazz and then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for the That's other world. That's a great analogy. Yeah, I'm feeding off you, Michael. And I, I got, I'm but not in your head. He's not yeah. a monster. No, he's not a monster. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing too, I was thinking about because we're talking about where the art worked and where it kind of maybe left something to be desired. <clears throat> I was thinking. Sorry to use another horror metaphor, but like maybe it's because I'm wearing a, a Camp Crystal Lake shirt. Uh, but in Nightmare on Elm Street, whenever they were doing Freddy Krueger like close-ups, uh, Robert England had to be in that makeup chair twice as long, you know. And that's just kind right. of standard horror makeup, and, and really makeup in general. Like if you're going to do close-ups, you spend more time. And I felt it's weird because the close-ups is where I did feel like like the slugs, the faces. That's the stuff where I'm like, wow, they really didn't put the same kind of detail in there that they did in those wider panels and and that's something that i did notice in the artwork and it, it didn't stop me from, <clears throat> pardon me from enjoying this but it did feel like especially in something like dr strange where there's such a unique feel to the whole storytelling like 
like don't like don't sleep on the close-ups you know because those are important yeah. and and really I, I thought even sometimes the coloring there in the close-ups was like a little off so um I was kind of surprised by that if anything I thought that to me for my eyes uh needed maybe a bit more I don't know texture something to it because it felt a little blocky for lack of a better word yeah no I, I think that uh on the whole uh, even though I didn't love the artwork, um, I have, it, it's so far from the worst I've seen. It's just, there were times where I was like, man, I feel like, I don't know, was there too much of a deadline? I don't know what the problem was. I just feel like it, it, it could have been a little bit better and especially seeing it after the fact, I mean, you can, you can go back and you can punch it up a little bit and who knows, maybe they did. I don't actually know. Right. Uh, but on the whole, I think that I would tell somebody if you want to read Doctor Strange comics, this is a, this is a good spot to start. Listen it's, to this on I, tape. I, what's that? Listen to this book on tape. Right. Well, yeah. Listen to this book on tape. Uh, but I would also, you know, look if you want to go back to like original Steve Ditko, uh, Doctor Strange, it's tough. There's a lot. There's a lot. That's to a lot. It. And uh, you know, I think that uh, it's better to start with something more modern. This is a great place to start. Uh, you know, there are, uh, as the, you know, once the movie's out, there's going to be probably a lot more articles that will mention, here's your 10 Doctor Strange stories. This will be one of them. So uh, I'll be interested in reading more. Uh, before we spend just a couple minutes on what came after it, uh, I want to ask you first, Eric, would you say for somebody, yeah, this is a good place to start if you want to read Doctor Strange comics. Uh, I would, would you recommend it is the short question. Oh, sure. I mean, I think this is a great sort of in unto this world. And, you know, it, it. I love those early panels we alluded to, which felt, you know, very self-reflexive, like it's literally putting him over the old artwork. But but I thought um, also emotionally kind of getting to know him. And Michael, you got a good point. He's a little, like at one point I wrote, because I actually did take some notes, like oh, cute. him and Tony Stark <laughs> felt like it would have been like some kind of reboot of Tango and Cash, like both smart Alex you know, like quipping at everything. And and I'll, at times I'm like, I don't know if that's quite Stephen Strange's voice. But that all being said, I thought they really did a great job of showing the cost of magic. You know, and I love he had a line there saying he compared himself to an electrician. Like, in essence, he can only grab the things that are there. I really enjoyed it. And I don't remember if this was in the second volume, Christian, but when um, our, our buddy Monica said, "Like there is magic out there. You just have to still, you just have to find it." Yeah, and it's so in the first to, like, one go... because uh, yeah. Mon Monica's gone. Uh, uh, after oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so, you spoiled yeah. that for me. <laughs> no, he's, just, uh, you know, maybe he shows up again. We don't know. He does. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like the about... nooks and crannies, like that, those kind of that kind of world building is fabulous, and, right. and it was emotional. Like having a villain that was so specific. I thought yeah. it was great. I think this could be a great Doctor Strange three if they ever opt to go that's go this way. I, I you know you mentioned Tony and I thought it was funny the way that Stephen reacts when Wanda suggests him. We asked Tony, he's like Tony, you you want to get Tony? Tony doesn't know anything about this, you know, like <laughs> the idea that he couldn't handle it by himself. He's like, yeah, I need a bunch of other magic users to help me out. Let's be honest, I need to I need to basically snort the skeleton of the ancient one. <laughs> But, well, it's uh, also the the um, I was I was reading another thing about Doctor Strange, and it's a core crux of his character that he believes that um, 
he gets annoyed when he thinks science can outdo when people think science can outdo magic. Sure. Yeah. So it's the idea that like, oh, Tony can just invent something. And it's like, no, he can't. He can't beat yeah. magic. He can't, can't beat magic. Which kind uh, of like came to a head in Infinity War a little bit yeah. when they when the two started fighting. So like, you know. Uh, what about you, Kate? Would you recommend this oh, to God. someone that is interested in Doctor Strange stories? Or would you say like, yeah, check the BuzzFeed list and find something different? I would recommend this. Um, I, I, I would just forewarn them about like it, it, uh, it, it, it is like a little bit, you have to like, you know, it's like one of those like lawnmowers. You have to like pull it a few times before you like really get going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, uh, I think yeah. what I would also say about this is, uh, it's not the, the doctor strange from the films. It's a, it's, it's not like, the, you know, he's not the smarmy Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a little bit like there, there's a, there's like a character thing of Dr. Strange that is very apparent in some of these, you know, the layout gets easier to read yeah. the further it goes along. Yeah, but in the beginning, it's a little bit like jarring. Cause he's not, he's not, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, he's, he's not some of He's the, more like, he's more like Rowan Atkinson's Dr. Strange, perhaps, you know, he's a, <laughs> yes. little, a little bit, a little bit rougher around the edges. What about you, Michael? I know that you had some issues with this uh, early on. Do you think that this is a good Dr. Strange for people looking for Dr. Strange stories or should they just keep looking elsewhere? Do I like this person? What's that? Do, Do I, I like, like this person? person? You don't like any people, but if you He's wanted so to give crazy. honest advice, would you tell somebody to read this or would you say, would you give it a, would you, would you give it a pass? Yeah. If I didn't like the person, I'd tell them it was the best like comic book I've ever read. But if uh, it was like, you know, someone I had a slight affinity for, I'd say I have to move on. Yeah, well, that's why, of course, Michael didn't uh, didn't go on. And uh, Kate, I assume you just read the first five issues of this. I just read the first five, that's and honestly, fine. I'm probably going to stop there. Yeah, um, the reason why I wanted to continue and why I said anybody who wants to, I'm going to, is because it doesn't really end. And the next five issues, The Last Days of Magic, is really, like, this is really just a prologue to that. That's the real fight. That's the big thing. And uh, I may have even referenced things that happened in that story that I thought happened in this one. And that's part of the problem, I suppose. But right. um, I really thought this sort of this conflict of, you know, actually fighting for magic to, to just, uh, you know, remain and not succeeding really and just sort of having to kind of build it back up no i i found that to be really interesting because when it ends there is very little magic left in the world and that idea i think makes me so much more interesting to see like what if your other sorcerer supreme but most of the magic is still gone you're you have the hope that it's going to come back and right. uh this will be an actual spoiler for a book from like seven years ago but uh, Baron Mordo picks a great time to come back in issue 12 because uh, Stephen Strange is not the Stephen Strange that uh, that he has been in the past. So he waltzes into the bar with no doors. So uh, that's why I'm very much interested to see that matchup. I think that that's another five issue arc. What did you think, Eric, for, about the last days of magic and what you read of it? Yeah. You know? Oh, I mean, I, what I got about halfway through. It more important. Yeah. <laughs> Fe well, Fe Fezzik's trying to realize why, understand why Michael's revenge against people he doesn't like just as comic book related. It feels mm. very narrow. There's so many mm. ways to get revenge. I can teach you, Michael. I can teach you a lot. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I no comment. I love how the story continued. I mean, I, I think once it got up and running, I think what's really interesting always is right when you when you take away the hero's powers, right? So uh, we've talked before about Storm's plotline from would have been the uncanny 200 or so well uncanny uh, uncanny x-men 185 she gets shot uh and her power she loses her powers because she they were shooting they were aiming for rogue and storm got in the way and yeah so uncanny x-men 186 chris claremont barry windsor smith is is a great standalone issue where very little happens Storm is in bed for most of the issue, depressed. And it's fascinating <laughs> to think back to having right. read that as a child. But yeah, the deep-powered Storm was, I would say, probably the best writing for the character because you really got to know who she was. This was right after she became Mohawk Storm, a.k.a. the best Storm ever. Oh, uh, sure. Michael's nodding his head, so finally. <laughs> we're, we're in here. Kate, Storm. Kate, mm. Kate gave us uh, the devil horns. But uh, so uh, anyway, so you referenced depowered Storm uh, in relation to sort of not having powers and sort of that, yeah. you know. And, and Doctor Strange talking about, like, I took for granted how much I loved flying, and I can't fly now, you know. Right, yeah. right. He's, like, literally climbing the side of a mountain. That's um, great. You know, and, and I think, like, that that's something that, you know, especially with Doctor Strange, where... It's sometimes, I, I mean, I find with like him, Scarlet Witch, sometimes it's really hard to get your head around what exactly are their powers because yeah. they just seem to pull a million rabbits out of a billion different hats. But I think like when all of a sudden all those hats and rabbits are gone, uh, it, it suddenly is like strange becomes really human. And that idea of him scrounging for magic, I, mean, I, I think there's also a really interesting metaphor here. I mean, it felt like I don't know, a cautionary tale, something that. You know, I was just dealing with uh, the Burbank Eco Council and something they would appreciate because <laughs> it's about the environment. It's about our natural resources. It's it's a it's a, the metaphors there. It's pretty thinly veiled, but I think it's I, I, I do like the idea that like Dr. Strange is about more than just magic. Like there's something else it's saying here, uh, which I yeah. think was particularly like, you know, they leaned hard into it, but I, I think it was effective. So, you yeah, know, I think it is worth continuing on this journey, but yeah, I'm, I would never I, be one to tell Michael or Kate how to live their lives. No, no, no. and I, look, I can see, I think. I just that, think Michael and I have better things to do. Look, I, I, I want to know all outside. about this Burbank, like town hall, the, like the Burbank eco. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll do <laughs> a standalone podcast. Pitchforks and, and, yeah. and lands and tiki torches. And you can't torches. forget the tiki torches. Oh, they all have torches oh and, and pitchforks every single well, city council meeting. It, 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 it's and it's, vegan it's, coffee. As someone who lives in Burbank, I will tell you that it's basically like the uh, the town meetings in the film Footloose. Uh, that uh, oh. we're still not going to allow dancing in Burbank, and uh, personally, and that's why I live here. Uh, so yeah, I I uh, I think that uh, I'll be interested in seeing where the story goes. I'm certainly going to continue at least read it because you know Baron Mordo. I, I'm interested in sort of you know getting Jason Aaron's take on that. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it in spite of finding the art to be uh, lackluster at times. But uh, in general, I liked it. Now, Michael, I know that you shared something. So this, you told me, uh, actually you sent me, I guess, 
the newest incarnation of Doctor Strange. Yeah. So this is something that we can tell people about before we move on to our next topic. But before we turn the copy. page on Doctor Strange, well, because you've never bought a, a regular copy of a no, copy. Oh, only ever by the very oh, cool. And so talk about this is called Strange, right? This is Strange yeah. number one. Yeah. So talk uh, about I, this. I got this because uh this variant cover is drawn by my favorite artist j scott campbell yep uh who started uh, another one of my favorite gen 13s which i feel like at image this artwork would have been right at home uh right. that we were reading today would have been great on like a gen 13 image comic but this book is about after doctor strange dies in the series the death of doctor strange um his estranged wife, Clea, comes back to take up the mantle and Dr. Doom's not happy about it because he's like, you can't inherit this. And she's like, uh, says who? And uh, yeah. you kind of- says, says the guy who inherited a country. Yeah. Victor so uh, it yeah. just kind of goes into her dealing with his death, not kind of really wanting to accept it and i guess we'll just have to keep reading to find out what happens yeah no i'm very intrigued by that uh clea is uh obviously a character that has been around for uh most of the doctor yeah. run that I'm she's not of. a human she's uh comes from like a line of like warlords and she's related to dormammu so she, when she gets all crazy her whole body like lights up in fire she's kind of like a looks kind of like captain marvel when she's going wild yeah well no i'll definitely check that out so thank That's you so michael cool. for telling us about that and uh you know uh, speaking of we were talking a little bit about the artwork being uh, a little bit uh, lackluster in this. Uh, someone who just for the uh, book, though. Yeah, yeah, not I know, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. no, just for this book. But uh, speaking of uh, someone who really redefined comic book art uh, over the weekend, uh, Neil Adams passed away, and uh, you know, I mean, his run on Batman, which we'll talk about quickly for a second, but also, I mean the you know the original x-men was canceled fairly unceremoniously before it came back as a new x-men but it was going to be canceled much sooner if it hadn't been for neil adams he very much wanted to take he asked stanley what's your worst selling book and he's like oh the x-men we're going to cancel it in two issues <laughs> and uh he he yeah and so he uh you know it's just some beautiful stuff in there and he he and his family own a comic book store in Burbank, where we were talking about that we live. Uh, Which one Neil, is it? Neil Which Adams' one? Krusty Bunkers, and oh, it's actually very yeah. close to where uh, to where Afterbus was. And uh, and and Neil had had been there occasionally. You know, he would do signings. He you know you, you could commission artwork from him, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so it's it's like sort of finding out that you know y your friend's relative died i didn't i won't pretend to know him or anything but it's like his son worked there all the time i i talked to yeah. him you know, countless times so uh it's somebody very important to just sort of what comic books look like and i asked uh, somebody we talked about a number of times in our, our first episode i asked my friend jeff winstead uh who is a comic book artist and he is one of my go-to dc guys i asked him what should we read uh, to just sort of, you know, to spend a moment paying homage to Neil Adams. And without, you know, I texted him and without hesitation, he said, you should look at uh, Batman 232, which is the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. 
And this comic book from the early 70s, I think it might be 1970, it might be 1971. I don't have it in front of me. But it was, I was shocked at how good the artwork was. And maybe it's because I was just reading something that I felt like, you know, wasn't my favorite. But to just look at it, and granted, I was reading it on a screen and not on, you know, old newsprint. But just like how beautiful the characters look for our, our visual audience, you're just seeing the cover. But I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, Batman is so well-defined. Robin and Raza Ghoul there in the back. Um, it was great to read. I have read almost nothing from this era, especially uh, DC. I've read a lot of Marvel from the 70s, a lot of the Jerry Conway, Amazing Spider-Man, really. But I thought it was great to just sort of get this and just sort of I thought it was a great Batman story and just sort of like this, this like ruse of like, well, my daughter's been kidnapped, too. And, and, and he's like, well, of course, I'm the greatest detective alive. So I saw through it right away. It was like, I don't know, it was just a fun Batman story uh, to read in a in a vacuum. Uh, what? Uh, what did you uh, think about the story, Michael? I, I know that uh, you read it earlier today. It, you know, it threw me back to that, the way Batman comics were before the first uh, episode of this show, that, that you know, that, yeah. that arc. The way the Batman comics were before then, where it was campy, it reminds you a little bit of the TV show. You know, you think of the animated series. Uh, the artwork is just so great. The way he draws Robin is just, it's like, I don't know if I want to go here. Uh, it's just the way he draws him is very kind of sexy and it's kind of provocative for like their relationship. I don't know. It's, there's just, uh, there's something about the way he draws Robin, the way he draws Rachel Ghoul and, that last panel where you see Batman get being kissed, that is just a yep. great, great, great shot. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and uh, Eric sent me something that we're looking at um, for our video audience is uh, just sort of this, yeah. uh, you know, this profile of Raza Ghul as he looks around the Himalayas. It's just the kind of detail that I think was so often lacking from comics, even when I was reading. And it's just like, you know, it's just Neil Adams at his best. And I, 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 it was great to have an excuse to dive into something that I knew that I should have read a lot of this stuff, you know, and uh, Denny O'Neill wrote that story as well. And we lost him recently as well. And this pairing of the two of them, uh, there are some iconic, uh, Green Lantern and Flash stories that they did together. So there's really there's a really a lot of great work uh, from both of them to find, but uh, a lot of stuff. So uh, Eric, you sent me that image. So uh, clearly that was something that stood out for you, uh, Raza Ghul in the Himalayas, right? Yeah, and I think you know it's interesting. You said this was the this was the introduction of Raza Ghul. You said or the yeah, first, yes. first his first appearance. Yeah, his daughter okay. had shown up uh, earlier because like a, yeah, like a few issues before. Yeah, yeah. And I and you know that's one thing I, I uh, many years ago. I mean, Jim Lee obviously is at every Comic Con, and he did one where he just sat there and he just chatted like he will do and sketched Batman. And Batman, I actually just sent you a picture of like kind of a profile shot of Batman uh, panel. And, you know, as someone who does not draw at all, I'm always amazed at anyone who can capture an expression or a face or a three-dimensional shape to a human yeah. face. 
and and that's one thing I found in here. Like looking at Razzle's face, I, I kept noticing like the way his cheekbones were kind of sunken in, you know. And and in this here, this panel for the video audience, you know, it just to me is everything Batman in one panel, you know, in terms of his just his look, his face, his eyes, like. And, and I, I mean, the story, you know, it's very 1971. Uh, I I was not alive during uh, that year. Christian may have been. He changes his age with every episode. But I found, like, you know, some of the storytelling, like, oh, my God, it's going to flash back to his parents getting killed again and explain how he became Batman <laughs> again. Yeah. And even my, my uh, 11-year-old was kind of mocking. He's like, how many times does Batman's parents get killed? I'm like, a lot. You know, because yeah. it, it obviously changed him, but it, really, it, it bothers yeah. me when we see it so much in movies. But the yeah, idea in comics didn't is dwell that, on it. No, no, and the idea in yeah. comics is that every issue is somebody's first issue, especially in those days where back right, right, didn't right. exist. You didn't really collect and reprint, so it didn't bother me in here. But yeah, the, the number of times time. I've no, of course. seen it on screen, yeah, yeah, and, so. and, right. And so we're reading it like they're explaining a lot more. Yeah, it was okay. I logic. didn't mind it, and also getting to see Neil's kind of take on that, I thought was uh, was nice yeah. to see too. But I really love the 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 character work here. I thought they, you know, he just did such a wonderful job of capturing, you know, kind of like it's funny the thing we were just talking about that was kind of missing in in a lot of those panels in the Strange series. I think you find in triplicate here, you know, how yeah. just one single panel of a character could be as stirring as a wide shot. That's an action scene. So I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, no, his skill was apparent in this mm -hmm. issue. And I think it's a great one to look at. And they didn't, you know, use as much color as they do now. And he's just so incredible with such a limited and precise yeah. color yeah. palette, the way the greens were used just for the overall entrance of, Rachel Ghoul and how it was used in the in the whole comic book. I just really, really enjoyed. By the way, one of the last things that I, you know, it was only a couple of years ago. I, I think Neil's done some things since then, but one of the last things that I know he did was a Fantastic Four series because he, it was, I think it was called Road Trip. I can look it up, but he just, he's like, somehow I've never drawn the Fantastic Four before. And this is just like two years ago, maybe. So he's like, I want to do a series of it. And so the fact that he did, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that he did that. But uh, uh, so, Kate, did you get a chance to read this Batman issue? Uh, I did. And, yeah. Okay. I just I did. I know this was sort of a, a late assignment. Oh. I just wanted to make sure before I asked you about it. Um, what did you think? I mean, obviously, we can talk about the story. Denny O'Neill, uh, obviously, a cornerstone of so much of the DC universe. You know, up there with Marvel Wolfman. Uh, but what did you think of this? You know, the artwork, but this story in general. This Batman two thirty two. I really like this story and and considering that we've we've in the cinematic universes we've met these characters all before. I I really liked seeing where these characters came from. Um I'd never read it before. Um although I had seen the like Raj Al Ghul like I've, I'd seen that him uh the comic book version of him. Um but I I have to I agree with Michael like there's something about going back to especially now that we're getting into like, we just read Batman year one and we've just gotten the Batman and we're getting into like a very like dark superhero um, tonality, which is fine. And it, there's a place for it, especially, you know, in our, in our culture right now and what, what questions we're asking of ourselves and of our heroes, but it's nice to go back to like what it, how it started <laughs> and like Batman in the middle of him being Batman. So it's like, 
the way that they use the color to signify certain characters or even just like comparing it to the color of, of the comic book we just read where a color, the, the color was a lot in the details, but the faces were lacking. Whereas in this one, the faces were doing all of the heavy lifting and like the shadows were accenting, or I think some of my favorites were, were like the color, like when, when they're crawling through a window and it's black, but you just see the white outlines and that was enough to get like a facial expression and like a tone, like a, like a movement. So it's just like, and that was just black and blue and they, they made, they, he pulled it off and it was more interesting than some of the like more interesting art that is happening now to just go backwards and just see where, where did Batman come from and why was it so good? And the observation that it's Batman in the middle of being Batman, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a year one. It's not a dark night. Yeah. It's not a Christian Bale start. It's not a, it's not a year two false start. It's Batman being Batman. It's, it's, it's why people liked going to, to see Val Kilmer and, you know, on all of, you know, those movies, that version of Batman. Right. It's like, we want to see him completely confident, a little bit unsure of how to solve the situation, but he's going to do it. It's, and it's just the camp. It, yeah. You know, like to have the literally the villain on the first page, like it's like this person's going to kill Robin and be in like control when he dies. And then like immediately, like in the next page is like introduced, like, oh, same thing happened to me. Like, it's <laughs> like you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's kind of Or great. the last page, I had the same thought with Mike of Michael when the when it's like Talia's kissing him on the cheek and his face is just like, what? And it's like, what, is, what plans will they have next for Batman? And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I'm, I'm like, I, I kind of want to see where it goes. And at some point, <laughs> I, maybe I'll, I'll pick that up. Uh, and the uh, Neil Adams Fantastic Four story I reference is actually called Antithesis. I was thinking of a different series. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we're going to give some uh, quick personal recommendations. Uh, but Kate, I know that uh, you mes- you mentioned that uh, Dark Crisis is coming. Well. And there's uh, this is artwork from Michael. So Yay! Michael, thank you for sharing That's this. That's the variant I ordered. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> Michael Michael crisis. doesn't buy the standard covers. Sometimes. Michael so, surely uh, all variants all the time. So this Saturday, May the seventh, is Free Comic Book Day, and uh, you can very easily just find out your local uh, participating comic book shops. Um, I tried to take my kids this past Saturday, not realizing it was next Saturday. So we'll go back; it'll be fun. Uh, but it's a good dress uh, rehearsal, Christian. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now we Daddy, now we why know do where you to go. lie. <laughs> you lie to us there's every not, weekend about there's just, something. Why, there's Dad, just not why? enough time. There's just not enough time to explain. <laughs> but uh, Kate, so I know you're excited about this. There are some uh, free comic book uh, giveaways yes. for Dark Crisis. Yes. So just take a moment and tell us uh, why you know why this uh, was so interesting to you. What, what I don't know. I like. Story. I like the idea that like we're just going to kill the Justice League, and I'm yeah. just like, that, really? Yeah. That's well, intriguing. After I saw that, after I saw the Joss Whedon cut of that movie, I wanted to kill the Justice League. But you know, know. Uh, so, yeah, and I so, just and it's coming out soon, so I just wanted yeah, to like it's throw like that out there in new. case there was a free comic book thing. Well, but if you're going to free comic book day, yeah. is this the time for recommendations? Yeah, this is a fine time for a recommendation. Is that okay. your recommendation, or you have another one? No, I have another one. Okay, um, do you have it to hold up for us? I because, do. Okay, great. I do. I recommend this one. Saga. Because they just restarted yeah. Saga, and I love this comic book. It is such a cool... The art is really, really beautiful and interesting. 
there's a lot and it's and it's kind of like well spaced it's not like mm-hmm. too crowded um and uh it's it's kind of like a romeo and juliet story where it's it's like two op two two opposite kind of um uh it's from uh, uh brian k vaughn and fiona staples and it's um uh two monsters monsters or, or aliens trying to find their place and uh a place that doesn't accept them so it's they they have a young child they have a family and they're they're trying to find a place that will accept them basically right is and the that, story. Is, that is kate's recommendation something very current uh, here's my other one and this ahead. is just for i didn't even know you. i recommend two. i recommend this one as well it is called sex criminals oh by matt fraction okay by matt fraction oh, and yeah i see them both on there okay i highly recommend this i think you would really like this michael <laughs> <laughs> wow. it because it's about it's about two two people that can stop time while they have sex and of course what do they do with that time they rob banks <laughs> oh well that's fair and so it's and, the, wait, wait, and, what? I have I have a lot of physical questions about that. Wait, yeah, <laughs> so like, do, they have to, and, do they have to have sex while robbing the bank? Yeah, that was no. my thought. No, okay. I thought yeah. so too. And it, then it, it got and then and, it gets and and just like that, I was a millionaire. Like that. <laughs> it and is the it's like so that. weird. Well, and I was just it like, sounds weird. I think that uh that might that might have so to enjoyable. we might have to revisit that on the it's on the book. So club. enjoyable. So that's some current stuff. Um, my recommendation is something that I recommend all the time to people. I feel almost a little embarrassed. It seems pedestrian, but it is the greatest X-Men story ever oh, written. Okay, I've never read that. Book. It is, if you read Marvel graphic novel number five, God Loves Man Kills. They also just did a special edition a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with new, uh, new material, which uh, Michael and I spoke with Chris Claremont about on our show, uh, Marvel Movie Talk. But if you've never read an X-Men comic book and you need to read one, it's this one. It explains everything. Uh, X-Men 2, the best of the X-Men movies, is largely based on this. It's an, ad- it's an adaptation. It's not a literal, it's not a literal uh, telling of it. But uh, that is uh, kind of, there's, there's really two that I okay. always recommend to people. And that is my personal number one. And I made fun of Eric because his recommendation was about as pedestrian as mine, but it is also something that I love. And uh, in, in an indirect way, Marvel superheroes, Secret Wars, the first big Marvel crossover, uh, okay. the way that I got to be friends with my friend Jeff Winstead is that I just had an offhand Facebook post about how much uh, cooler Secret Wars is than Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I had to concede that I never read Crisis on Infinite Earths. So he he sent me a trade paperback, and then I sent him Kitty Pride and Wolverine, the six-issue series, and that's kind of the, the idea for this show, is reading something that you never read before that you should have. But, Eric, your pick, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, uh, what was it about it, other than the fact that you get everybody except Doctor Strange and Daredevil in this book? Yeah, I think for me, too, it's like, I, I got to admit, okay, so when you put out this assignment test, part of me is like, okay, what's going to result in the least mockery from Michael Shirley? And and so I was thinking, okay, well, I got American Splendor on the shelf behind me. I got Ghost World. I got all these kind of cool hipstery, you know, graphic novels that I think are terrific. But, but then I was like, you know what, though? This is one that a 10-year-old me was floored by, you know, um, it, it, it was like one of the biggest fights I ever had with my parents up until that point was uh, hawking them, as we say, it is meaning like bothering them until I got number 12. 
to the point where they said, we're not buying it for you. And I was like, oh, and I cried. But it was double sized. I was. And it has it has Victor Von Doom with his healed face on the cover. I I can visualize it. That was important. And 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 this, I mean, I even unearthed my copy first appearance oh, of wow. the black oh, spider-man costume you, you needed to and tell me you needed to tell me that you were going to hold that up because I, the only book that mm-hmm. i have graded and slabbed by cgc is my secret wars number eight triple signed also oh. So well, uh, mine by... was in a box with a bunch of other stuff in Delaware. Well, mine was in a box years. before I sent it off to be pressed and graded by CGC. So now I have to show it. Day, Christian, come on. Yeah, well, I, it's upstairs. I we do, we literally don't have time. Uh, well, wait, wait, we got nothing. Better. It's it's cool. We'll no, the shows that we're already we're already into golden time, and you know how expensive that can get. But, uh, so but yeah, but no, I, see, I mean, so Secret Wars, it's everybody fighting. I mean, issue four, that picture of the Hulk holding up the mountain. Uh, we sort of got yeah. a little bit of a recreation of that in Endgame, uh, which was great. There was some great fan service. I, I remember. So there was one just in, in a in a nutshell, what was it? A, go ahead, uh, Eric. What were you saying? You know, sorry. I was. So I remember there was one panel of Cyclops like wiping out all of them. Yeah. And yep. and like the idea of how wide can his laser blast go? Which I was like, oh my god! Like it could take out everyone. Uh, you know, I think it was something about the. Yeah, that kind of epic event that we all would create as kids. You know, right. we would get the toys and we'd always like have people team up. And so all of a sudden the comic book's doing something as as epic as our imagination. And then now, you know, being around long enough that Marvel Cinematic Universe has managed to pull that off too. You know, when you look at something like Avengers Endgame and watching my son literally bounce up and down in his chair during the moment when everyone, you know, when the Avengers truly assembled... I mean, in essence, it, it was, you know, circle of life shit. I, I could sing Sunrise Sunset for you, uh, but you'll have to pay extra Geekscape audience. Uh, <laughs> but but that to me was me reading this, you know, as a kid, yeah. long before the stuff really successfully translated to the screen with a few exceptions. And yeah. so, yeah, this was the epic event. Yeah, that, no, it's, you know, uh, you needed. Uh, I, I am more excited about Secret Wars, but having read Crisis and just in awe of the detail that George Perez put into every panel, there's no skipping. You know, there's so many characters that he drew in, you know, in the in the significance of Crisis for DC going forward. I understand it was more important, but as a kid, boy, I sure loved me some Secret Wars. And uh, I uh, Secret Wars 2 is uh was the most disappointing sequel in my life until i got star trek picard season two but that's a story for another show um michael uh what is your recommendation and we were talking before but i'm getting older and i've forgotten already yeah 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 i was kind of trying to stay on topic so i picked strange number one oh so strange number one was your your pick (laughs) great Okay, perfect. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Which is beautiful. I'm going to read that, actually. I, I I'm very cool. excited about that. Well, as we wind down, I wanted to let everybody know that uh, we will be back in a month. We do this show monthly so that everybody gets a chance to read our next book. So sometime in the evening on June 5th, I believe, uh, we will be back. And to tie into something that we're all talking about over on our other show, I'm very interested in Moon Knight Lunatic. Oh, no. And I know that Michael is very excited about it. But, uh, I mean, if you're watching the video, you see this uh, visual of the first issue. 
I, uh, I, I was probably going to go with a different Moon Knight run. And then as the series on Disney Plus progressed, I was like, well, clearly we got to go with that one. So we'll be reading Moon Knight Lunatic, which is collected in a graphic novel or, or in a trade paperback. Or you can, of course, uh, get it digitally. If you get the free trial of either Comixology or Marvel Unlimited, you can usually uh, get it for like a week. So you can read all of it. So that is what we will have next time. Also, and, if if you yeah. if you have a library card, Hoopla will probably have it as well, or your local library. I love that. That's some great insight. I didn't even know. I I, I didn't know what was with all the Hoopla, but I appreciate the explanation. <laughs> yeah, Hoopla you. is the kind of library, digital library. I haven't gotten stuff. it to work with my library card. I don't know I, if my library is involved in that program. What's <laughs> funny is this is that's how I read Way of the Weird because they have a comic book of the month club, and this is their pick for the month. It was oh, Way man. of the Weird. <laughs> Well, also, your, your library card, Michael, that might not be considered a library by others. Yeah. Well, I don't know where woo. you're going with that, but you can tell he's me. Going, he's going the adult bookstore route. Uh, Do I case, really look like someone that would go to an adult bookstore? Yeah, no, he just gets it all online. In any case, uh, we appreciate everybody <laughs> who got this show online. Thank you for joining us, whether you watched live or you're listening to the archive version. And please join us next month for Moon Knight Lunatic. Uh, as always, I'm Christian Blatt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And if you enjoyed these four voices, you can hear these four voices along with our friend Jeff Williams Jr. Most weeks, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're uh, if you have been keeping up on Moon Knight, we'll be doing the the season or series. We'll find out the season finale of Moon Knight on Wednesday. So please join us for that. Uh, Michael, where can people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at hey, Michael Shirley and on Twitter at Michael X Shirley. And uh, if you want more than four voices, you can check out Eric's movie, Other Voices, on Amazon. <laughs> Not to be. Don't Not to be. Make Not to be. I did. No, no, no. Yes. Uh, Eric, thank to you for the wrong joining place. us this week. We appreciate it. Apart, apart from other voices and your to be. Uh, where else can people find you, Eric? Uh, come by and say hi. Oh, hello, Michael's <laughs> Kitty. How you doing? Uh, you didn't want to miss the outro, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, it totally outdid my dog. My dog was just in the shadows. Yeah. But I am not in the shadows. You can find me at Count Eric Connor uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And Kate, where can people find you? Sorry, I'm still on the cat. <laughs> he's a real show off like me that's a, that, that, that purely white cat is a very moon knight lunatic sort of a with, with a little jangle of the bell yeah. and every, yeah. oh, michael at cornellable at cornellable on tiktok instagram and that's it because i don't do twitter michael are you on tiktok because i how, i signed up for it okay i Right now, this is the fullest extent I'm ready for people to have real me. Like, okay, I'm not that's ready fair. to transition. Look, as 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 someone who gets texts from you, and I don't just mean movie spoilers. Uh, I don't oh, think people I'm are ready. Sorry. People are not ready for the real you. I think that nah. that's yeah. Th this this Michael is perfect. Uh, you Gotta got the. Uh, you got uh, uh, 69 minutes of Michael, which I think is perfect. In any case, uh, we will see everybody next month. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Matt Kelly and, of course, Jonathan London and everybody over at Geekscape. We'll be back next week. And uh, keep reading. We'll see you next time. Next month.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 